1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Kendrick Johnson, Brian Murphy, and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, today is Thursday. I hope everybody's new year is off to a great start. And let's break in the new year on the podcast by talking some high school boys basketball. Um, I believe Friday is is when, uh, I guess, the majority of our districts really get, get up and going, district play begins and whatnot. we still got a couple, like the mckinney north Lubbock district, which doesn't start for another two weeks, and you got the Frisco district, which is already like halfway over and whatnot. So, uh nevertheless. With most of our districts really beginning district play in earnest on Friday, let's um let's use this time just to uh, kind of break down kind of where our local teams are at as they enter the most pivotal phase of the uh, of the regular season. It's um it's wild because you think like you know from last year how much some of these districts have changed. Whether it's just the uh, whether it's the graduation of talent or just how these teams have undergone head coaching changes and how the makeup of just the balance uh, of power in some of these districts is completely different from what it was last year. You know, Brian, you look at a district like 85 a which was about as star set of the district as any that we covered last year. I want to say, what was it, entering the playoffs, you had three teams that were ranked in the state's top ten. Yeah. With Little Elm and the Colony and Justin Northwest, and man, it's a different ballgame this year. Yeah, you're missing three of those superstars. Obviously, the big
2: ones are J. Hampton and Avery Anderson, and then even Bryce Oppo. You know, with the Colony, those are three big names, oh, yeah. especially with Hampton and, and Avery Anderson, you know, doing big things at the the, the next levels. Yeah, but the Colony, they're still they're still rolling on, mm-hmm. let alone. They still look like they could be a playoff team. Northwest, they don't have the same firepower. They also lost Sammy Freeman. Yes. You know, they're big man, almost a seven-foot, you know, big man who, had, who did whatever he wanted in the post. But, you know, you still expect those three to be in that playoff mix. Mm-hmm. But it's just – Who's that favorite? Is it the Colony right now? They're off to a hot start. Are they seventeen and four? Yeah, something? if you just go
1: off the ranking, is they're the only team from the district that cracks, that cracks the top twenty-five in uh, in the Texas Association yeah. of Basketball Coaches? But the team I'm more fascinated about is just like Little Elm, just because like all that that program is known for the past three years has been RJ. Hayden. Yeah. And obviously the pound for pound, maybe the best athlete to ever come through that high school. And now he's off playing, you know, overseas, playing pro ball with the uh, New Zealand breakers of the uh, the ANBL or whatnot. But um, so what is – how much has the dynamic without him changed? Because obviously they graduated a lot else beyond him. They have a brand-new head coach. So just how much has – have things changed for little on in just one year's time?
2: It's a different player every night. There's no okay. star on this team. They lost – you know, it wasn't just R.J. Hampton that they graduated. You know, they graduated – you know Brandon Crosley and, and just a collection of guys for their five starters, um, guys that played heavy minutes and that team really didn't go that deep last year. They really rolled out maybe six or seven guys, especially you know in big games. Really about six guys and, and RJ Hampton doing all the heavy lifting. You know this year you know you have Keith Smith, the lone returning starter. You know he's having to do. Try and do that heavy lifting, and, and I've talked to Coach Dominic Parker, who you know, came from South Garland, mm-hmm. uh, who's you know accustomed to you know coaching superstar players. Who we talked to before we came on with Tyrese Maxey and stuff, killing it at, at Kentucky. But uh, he, he's done a great job trying to trying to mesh these guys together. A lot of these guys haven't really played together. Some of them are from JV. Some of them are you know one of them's uh, his his nephew that came from from South Garland as well, who's kind of trying to pick up some of the scoring. You have Brian Hunter, who's emerged. Um, and led the team in scoring in a couple games. Who wasn't on the team last year? Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Mirage was a, a end of a bench player last year. And he's had to step up. And like I said, Keith Smith, he he's in this new role where you know you've been able to play behind guys like Devin Pullum and R.J. Hampton and Jamie Williams and stuff like that, and just be you know that 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 you know fourth fiddle. You know, just score when you kind of need to, just make a play every now and then. Well, now he's having he's had games where he's poured in you know twenty five, twenty nine points, uh, and he's still trying to. You know, you know, take over that leadership role. But it, it's really – it's a different <coughs> – and it's, it's a deeper team now. You look and they're rolling out, you know, uh, you know, in multiple games, you have four or five guys scoring double figures. That hasn't been the case, you know, for little in, in recent history. But, you know, it's it's a deeper team. It's not as star-studded, obviously, Do um, I think this team can make, you know, two, three, four mm-hmm. rounds deep. Probably not. But this is a playoff team, and it's got a good amount of
1: depth. And then I'm, um, you know, a team like Justin Northwest. Which did they, did they win the district last year? I, for, I they forget. Did. They did. They did because okay. they tied.
2: They tied with Little Elm. Um. And now they actually, no, Little Elm um lost to Braswell when RJ didn't play. So, uh, and but they lost another. So they split the series against mm-hmm. Little Elm. Um. Uh, but Little Lam had lost two games because RJ missed a couple couple games in the in the middle district. So yeah, they did win the the district, Avery Anderson.
1: But they, I mean like you mentioned they graduated Avery Anderson and mm-hmm. Sammy Freeman, and then I guess the third leg of that big three, Julian Smith, is back and he's having to kind of be just the Smith type. Yeah, yeah. He goes as he goes as they go yeah. most nights. But that still should be enough to get in the playoffs. And then a team like the Colony, which I guess maybe on paper you'd say is the favorite right now to win the district. Um, but I mean it's seems that they lost a lot of I mean, they had a lot of really important seniors last year year but they've still got plenty of talent in tow guys like Keith Miller obviously the stud receiver from the football team he's still there doing his thing Tay Mosher is a player who's one of the top recruits in the entire state for the class of 2021 he's been really promising and then they got some really good contributions from guys like uh, Caden Sclafani at their, at their tournament in, um, in at their host tournament I guess you'd say mm-hmm. over the holidays where they finished third they beat Hebron in the uh, in the third place game um, and then uh, you know Sean Matthew he got an all-tournament selection along with Caden um, so there's still enough there and they can have you know a lot of guys that can get you in that, you know, kind of 12 to 18 point range mm-hmm. most nights. Um, and yeah, and they've had, I mean, the results have been pretty you know pretty consistent. They're only losing to the, uh, you know, kind of the elite of the elite. So it's been, a, it's been a promising start for the Colony, despite all the losses from last season. Um, and then, um, like, you know, Braswell had a ton coming back from last year. They were a team that was kind of on the radar as well. I'm curious to see what a team like Lake Dallas can do, just because, like, I'm kind of in, like, wait and see mode with Lake Dallas because it has been so long since that program has made the playoffs and you look at the record this year it's actually not too shabby one of the better non-district years that that program has had in quite some time um you know they've but at the same time i don't know if the caliber of competition that they've seen is enough to really carry over but you know they um it's it's kind of like last year's team in which they're going to hoist up a ton of threes and they've got plenty of kids that are capable of doing it they just had a kid hang 39 in a win against He said
3: hoist. Uh, hoist
1: yeah yeah Um, Yashma too, who is kind of their who's their returning leading scorer and whatnot, and they've got a lot of guys that can space the floor. So yeah, you you play the the math game of that. And some nights might you know allow you to maybe put a bit of a scare into one of those one of those more established teams. But I don't know. it's just at least the the groundwork is being laid for Lake Dallas to perhaps have an improved year from what they've been recently. And I don't know if that's going to be enough to crack that top four because it does feel like that you could very well get the, at least even though the the pieces are different, it feels like the top four could very well be the same as last yeah. season just in a bit of a different order. Mm-hmm. But Lake Dallas at least has maybe given me reason to think that okay maybe they might be able to you know at least bump themselves up in the pecking order a little bit. They're gonna have to pull off a couple, couple videos. So. They're gonna have to beat Braswell
2: at least once to team in Little on least once. Yeah,
1: they just, if they have a night yeah. though where they're just everything's falling from the outside though, then they'll be uh, they'll mm-hmm. be a live underdog some nights for sure. Cool. Um, you know, Devin, if we're talking about districts that have maybe kind of changed their makeup from uh, you know from recent years, I mean. Um, all uh, all ten six A has known for so long <laughs> has been uh, South Garland and Tyrese Maxi and Chris Harris and everyone else was essentially playing for second most years. So um, obviously with those two now uh, doing their thing at the college level, um, you, know, uh, you know, with the head coach going over to Lillam and whatnot, it's just it's a completely new era in South Garland boys basketball. So how much has that kind of changed the landscape in District Ten Six A for teams like Saxe and Rowlett and such?
4: Oh, completely. Yeah. Because I mean, now everybody has a chance. Yeah. And if you look at the if you look at the uh, TABC preseason and predictions. They have Wiley winning the district. I it, yes. but, John, but they graduated John Achibi, who was one of the best scorers mm-hmm. in the area, and they don't have a lot of proven commodities coming back. Um, you know, they, they have Wiley like you... Saxie and Garland. Um, you know, Sachse is certainly going to be right there. Mm-hmm. They made tremendous strides under Zach Mike in his first year as head coach. Uh, Obi Onya is kind of a little do-everything guard, mm-hmm. at least in the scoring. Uh, just does a little bit of everything. You know Chris Sellers, uh, Dylan McKeon, Kai Smith, Omari Smith, these are all guys who were part of the rotation last year. So they've got a good nucleus to build around that has that confidence of breaking through and making the playoffs last year. And so... Um, you know, uh, Rowlett uh, kind of got off to a shaky start. They weren't completely 100% healthy. Uh, started kind of rounding the form uh, at the Allen tournament this past week. Uh, we finished in third uh, in the Silver Division. Uh, Xavier Henderson made all tournament. Uh, Udo Aniam is a big presence in the middle. Torian Harris has had some really good games. Uh, LJ Olenka is a 6'9 guy with more presence in the post. So Rowlett wasn't picked in that preseason poll, but I think they showed last week that they're kind of coming together at the right time, and they're certainly going to be Tinder. Uh you know I mentioned Wiley is the favorite South Garland has done a complete overhaul most of their kids most of their players are young uh-huh. young young uh, so not a lot They're, you know. that you'll know about them just yet uh, but it's going to be a work in progress because they, I don't think South even knows what they are mm-hmm. at this point in time Lakeview probably has the most proven star commodity in, in Dante Houston Jr. He's a division one prospect. Uh you know, DQ DK, uh, DK Burton was a all district guy last year. But I guess outside of Saxey and left the team to kind of keep an eye on is Garland. Okay. I mean they wow. last last year they were <laughs> a, last year they were young. And if you look, I mean Zuby Edgefour is a six seven sophomore center who I saw score thirty points at the College tournament a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his older brother uh, Ugo Ejufor is a six-seven center uh, that gives him a high presence in the middle. But if you look at their leading scorers, Jordan Hudson, Aaron King, Charles Allen, J. Powers, they're all sophomores and these guys were on the varsity as a freshman last year. So it's just kind of an interesting uh, team to watch in terms of their youth and just their potential, though. Um, but again, without South, uh, without Maxie and Harris leading the way, it's just this district is completely up in the air.
1: Okay. Very much, uh, kind of like football. Feels like, in a sense.
4: Yeah, it really is.
1: <laughs> so, um, all right. So, we're doing, um, you know, we'll do district predictions and stuff, and just kind of, you know, combine our uh, our respective ballots to get some consensus rankings on how we feel like these districts are going to shake out. And one of them that we've done for this week is nine six A. So, I want to ask you guys, um, just what are y'all's initial, uh, just initial, just surface impressions on District nine A this season? What do you guys feel like? How do you feel like this just is uh, kind of to what it's been I, in years past?
3: I, I think it's got fools gold, people think it's gonna be a two-show race. Things gonna be way closer than that. Okay. Some something's gonna happen. It's gonna make it. Of course, if if you're not McKinney, Allen, Jesuit. Or prosper, you you kind of playing behind the eight ball, but I can easily see someone like Plano still in game year sneaking in, or someone like Boyd beating a team or two and making a lot closer, and like going to last week with a chance. Things gonna be a lot closer.
1: Yeah, a lot
3: of young people. Plano's
1: always been one of those teams that I never know what to make of them heading into district because they yeah. always have like a couple results here yeah. and there in the preseason. They can be
3: prosper, that. but then lose by Boyd like last year.
1: <laughs> like they like last year was them beating R.J. Hampton mm-hmm. little. They beat Little Um straight up in a, uh, in, a up. in a tournament out in Frisco. because <laughs> like, at the time you're thinking, okay, well, who was Little Um missing and. Like because this list was the time when Little was like top five in the state, and for them to lose to Plano was pretty shocking at the time. And but that's just the thing. It's like they'll have results like that, but it just never carries over into district. And just something about that grind and the the night in night out of seeing a pretty solid a pretty solid team. It's just something that they haven't been able to work past. There was that time you know a couple of years ago when it went right down to the wire with them and McKinney last night of the regular season. McKinney you know. got that last playoff spot instead of Plano. And then this year you know they've they beat DeSoto, you know in non in district and whatnot. So okay, that's I mean yeah. That's a really good result. DeSoto's like number thirteen in the state right now, so I mean, we'll see. One thing I will say about this Plano roster is a little bit different from years past. Is that it's nowhere near as senior heavy as they traditionally are under head coach Dean Christian. I think
3: this whole district is young. That's why I mean, you can see some teams play above their head, or you see some teams like McKinney. I'm interested to see their top four players are Allison Neckway and um, Devin Vincent, who are only sophomores, but they're two of the top sophomores in the state. And they got Jacoby Campbell and Jacoby Walter, (laughs) Jacoby. Jacoby. Oh, boy, yeah, but Jacoby good. Walter is Eight like November. he's um he, he, he has a chance to be one of the best players that ever come out of McKinney. He um uh, won the M V P of a tournament they played earlier in Austin. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the end of the day these are fifteen and fourteen year old kids. For sure. So what's gonna happen when you gotta be you playing Allen, you're up by two with a minute and a half, we see as 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 you would say, NBA players. <laughs> Drop the dime, so why, why wouldn't that little kid do it? So I'm interested to see how they're gonna play when they end those close games <coughs> that as you know that's gonna inevitably happen in this district when a player or two here makes you a loser or a winner.
1: Because we've seen, like, you, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing over on the girls' side a team like Plano East, which is nothing but freshmen and sophomores and how that can lead to some night-to-night consistency as these players yeah. begin to, you know, kind of find their way at the varsity level, especially when you do get into a district where there really isn't, like, a, a bad team yeah. per se. It really is, you know, anywhere from good to great and whatnot. So the consistency of having to kind of, you know, muster the, uh, the I guess, the, the competitiveness or just the consistency to play on that level night and night out it can take some time for a young team. Like McKinney. That's why maybe this year, maybe they yeah. might be something more like maybe a four seed, yeah. something in that range. But, but then like these next couple years, though, they should rise up a
3: little but bit. But see, part, part of the thing that people don't know that what we do on this <laughs> podcast, we talk about the future, but we talk about now. A lot of people get an animal, right? well, they're gonna be this and what they project, but at the end of the day, right now, they're a good team that's trying to find their way. Yeah. And there's a lot of these teams, but a lot of people get like, Whoa, well, when they when they be junior, they're at the end of the day, they're freshman So they're not junior than right now. That's so, where that's where
1: a team like Allen kind of has a leg up on yeah. the rest of the district because they do have a lot more continuity than everybody else and it comes
3: in handy in that second game say for instance like you got a uh, not to wish no ill on anybody, a Tyler Edwards out with an ankle injury they can overcome something that you don't foresee mm-hmm. versus McKinney they need everybody there it's gonna be a lot harder because mm-hmm. he never been in that position before
1: and y'all are kind of sleeping on Prosper. Right? Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, we have had a chance to get to him, but I, I think Prosper's that's, stands that's to be one of the most improved teams and, in the entire. And district. A, lot, a lot of those
2: guys, they returned a lot of starters, and I'm, I'm <coughs> Mondo Battle. You know, came on the scene what an early
1: name. last year, and we were like, "Who is this guy?" He wasn't with the program, you know, prior, and he didn't you, you, start. You the didn't season. think his name was like Frank Smith? We wouldn't have had yeah. anywhere near the kind of fanfare but behind he's, him. It's Mondo Battle, and
2: he's putting up big numbers, and we were like, "Who is this guy?" And he, man, he's a stud. He's yeah. he's you know, big guy, six five. But you know, he plays kind of like a guard. He can hit the jump shot. He can play down low. Mm-hmm. Um, they have another big guy in Terrence Ferguson this year. Um, and Grant Shaw, you know, third year already on the varsity program as a junior. They have guys that have this valuable experience. They have the size. They have the depth. The depth. Uh, Amon Allen, uh, senior shooting guard, and he's one of the best shooters I've seen. You know, they they can space the floor. They can do a lot of things. You know, they're 16-3. and three. Their losses this year, two games to Richardson, another
1: loss to Lancaster. Don't be surprised if they, oh, yeah, if they, they, at they can yeah not all upset Allen at least once. I like that, uh, and that's what if this you know if the, if the state rankings are any indication, Allen and Prosper are the only two teams from 96A that are ranked. And I just I liked I want there to be more like Allen versus Prosper, like meaningful games, just because I do feel like we really do have kind of the first the seeds are being planted for the first time in quite a while that Allen has had like a potential like legitimate rival.
3: I, th- I thought would, uh, what you mean, talking and about. Just, about uh, I just uh, mean across all sports. Because they haven't really uh,
1: had that per se, because a lot of those sports, they've kind of lorded over the Plano schools yeah. for a while. But it does feel like there's now finally another athletics program in Prosper that really does have yeah. something for them at every single level. So I remember I spoke to uh, Valerie Little, the AD at Prosper. I did a QA
2: with her over the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of recapping, you know, their first year in 6A and, and, you know, being in that district with the Plano schools and Allen, you know, the biggest schools mm-hmm. literally in the state. And, you know, I said, what are y'all, you know, kind of hoping for this, this second year, you know, you, you know, stuff like that. And she said, you know, we want to be Allen's biggest rival and not just football or not just, you know, girls basketball, whatever, and all across the board. Because if you look, Prosper was better than Allen in a lot of sports, mm-hmm. la- you know, last year. And, you know, this year, it's if you look at the majority of things, you know, they're better than them at volleyball. Yep. They're better than them, you know, and boys soccer, depending on who's hot in soccer at the time. But they're right there with them in soccer. Baseball is <laughs> better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, softball, you know, you, they can be right there with them. And then, obviously, Allen has their way in other sports. But still, yeah. you look at majority of sports, one and two, it's Allen, Allen Prosper. And it's going to be the case in boys basketball. Well, to me, be, y'all
3: look, like, if you're looking from a whole, I think um, Allen's starting to get a rivalry with the boys for the spring sports. you got the soccers, you got the baseball, and you got the softball. That they're right neck and neck, I know it's different. On prosper's the third right
2: there in that conversation, too. is traditionally the best – top five, top ten baseball team. I mean, this is a basketball podcast, but... Yeah. It's... That,
1: that rivalry, though, with Prosper and Allen,
2: it's it's getting really juicy. I hope they can... They, can they won't think about the drop, though.
1: Bottom line is, though, is that we're seeing the groundwork being laid for what could potentially be some pretty spirited yes. stuff on the basketball yes. court yes. between the Allen and Prosper yes. boys. So, like I said, like, Allen's leg up on everybody else is that they have three of their five starters back. They're all good enough to play D1 ball in college. Manny Obiseki's one of the top prospects in the entire state. Must-see TV. He's on my <laughs> must-see list. Shout um, yeah. the Manny. Yeah. Manny... They have Tylan Elder who's back. He's you know he looks like his uh, his jump shot has really come away from last Great. season. Bryce Kennedy is is banging inside and he can also space the floor as well. Uh, you know, Mason Gibson was kind of their sixth man last season. He slid in and taken one of those guard spots that was occupied. They're still
3: up and down?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They they love to they love to push the ball in transition. And when they, one, one, know, one or one two dunks a night, you it's, see. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can be a show because they've got a line. Mean, they have a ton of athleticism. They got a ton of athleticism, a lot of speed. They like to have, you know, four or five guys on the, f- on the court that can all space the floor and shoot. Like, they don't, even though Bryce Kennedy is their center, like, they're perfectly content with letting him fire away from the court, he's open and whatnot. Then they have guys like Ian Moda, who's really come on big. He's only a junior, but he's a nice floor spacer for them. a team have- that you got
3: to stay, they remind me of the Lakers, but like their team that's going, you know they're going to play from ahead, yeah. but you can't let them run and hide. Yeah. That, their team, they run and hide, you're going to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But if you stay within striking distance, you, can, you have a chance to to beat them. I said,
1: Manny has a younger brother, Elijah obiseki who is also a spectacular athlete. <laughs> is he lefty too? <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I've only seen him shoot the ball like once or twice, and I can't recall what handy shot with. Yeah. Um, so they loaded it over Allen, Allen. like things. kind of like he plays more kind of like a defensive style.
3: Role. So so basically, Allen's got talent across the board. They do, and
1: that's to be expected and whatnot. They've really the program itself has really turned a corner over the last five six years when they when they brought in Jeff McCullough. His brother, Jill McCullough, is now the head coach. But um, you know, it was again, it's not too long ago, that Allen was just trying to get its first ever playoff win in the UIL's highest classification, and now in the time since, they have, like, over the last five, six years, they've amassed one of the best runs just as far as win loss records, playoff, you know, accomplishments, best runs of any team in the state, but the district title has eluded them that whole time because they've always been in the same district as. You know another juggernaut team like the Plano West Super Friends from a few years ago yes. at one state, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Den Geyer team. You know just with Davion Harmon and Jalen Wilson and Jacoby Coles and all them, Grayson Carter. You know that team was uh you know was in their district for a couple years, and then last year Jesuit was just a bad stylistic matchup for them. Um, but this year it feels like again it's it's kind of there for them. But then again Prosper's really really put together some encouraging. How good are they
3: going to be? Nobody's really talking about them like last year. I guess going to have to D one. Really? Yeah, like are they going to be like they oh, were last year? Or are they just gonna, I know they're going to be good. But I'm not gonna say they fall off the, well, the turn-up truck bar, they're gonna be as good they as we were last year. I think
1: you could make a case that outside of maybe Plano West, no other team was hit harder by graduation than <coughs> it was. Because you remember last year, I mean that team was <coughs> shooters. heavy. Mm-hmm. They had lots of shooters. They had the district's co MVP and Max Abemis, their defensive player of the year and Julius Marble, the, a walking matchup nightmare for every front court in the district. But all those guys are now gone. I think I calculated in total they graduated those four stars that they lost accounted for you know, seventy five percent of their scoring.
3: Did they go to the regional finals last year?
1: They, they lost to South Darlin whenever they ran into the, reason, with, reason, the, in them. It
3: was four, It was a regional semi then. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It was a game before South Garland got beat, because, you know, South Garland did the stage. I think
1: that might have actually been in the third round, because I think it was at Allen, and Allen wasn't the site of the regional okay. tournament, so I think they might have lost in the third round to South Garland. But nevertheless, though, they yeah. have Gavin Perryman back, who was a real crafty guard for them last season, and he's filling, filling it up just fine, despite having to take on a much greater scoring role. Daryl Brown was a guy who got some big minutes for them when Julius Marble was hurt midway through the season, oh, um, he's and, back. and he flashed some promise as well. But outside of that, I mean, it's a lot of JV kids that they're having to roll with, and the results have been, as you'd expect, a little bit up and down. So that's why their team has taken a bit of a step back. Plano West has taken a big step back because they lost a ton. No, of a back court.
3: that backcourt. That backcourt.
1: It was Minor and Ryan Zambi, their big man, Shamar Pearls, graduated. And then their top two returners, um, Christian Green and uh, Alex Zambi, they both transferred. Alex Zambi's now at John Paul. Christian Green's playing for Cornerstone Christian in San Antonio. Um, so yes, Whoa. that's important. So
3: they got depleted. They got gutted. <laughs> it's a
1: brand new team for Plano West, and they've been going through the expected growing pains. But that's a program that does traditionally have talent for sure. We all already mentioned Plano East has been a team that's been really like they they just had their full rotation for the first time December 20th when they played Flower Mound. You know, the best player Evan Williams was uh, was out with mono for a good chunk of the uh, of the preseason, so they haven't really been able to establish the uh, the kind of uh, rotation that they were hoping to by this juncture of the year. They're having to kind of now get into that rhythm, so you wonder if that's going to set them back in these District starts. It's um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Allen and Prosper look like they've amassed the better results, at least of the uh, of the eight teams so far. But again, teams like Jesuit and McKinney and whatnot, there's enough promise there to where potentially they could sneak up on one of those two teams and muddy things up. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I always love covering 968 boys basketball. Um, <laughs> you never
3: know see. what you're never to expect. Oh,
1: yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Um, the Frisco District, Brian, we've already got some uh, some skins on the wall in the Frisco District. How many games in, in the Three. Three. Okay, so they've at, least, they've at least got a cursory look at what these teams have to offer. Um, what is, so yeah, what have been some takeaways on I guess these first few games over in uh, the Frisco District?
2: So when you all think of boys basketball in Frisco over the last, what, couple of years, mm-hmm. the names you hear is Liberty and Lone Star, Yes, and they were the top two teams last year. They both finished uh, tied for the district title at 16-2. Liberty's
1: always been good. Liberty has always
2: been good. Yeah. Uh, they might not make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, they had the, the two time district MVP and Zion Richardson, who's uh, now at Wofford. Um, well, he's gone. Uh, Makai. They have another you know D one talent in Makai Abi. Uh, He's actually, ironically, headed to Liberty University. Uh He's at Frisco Liberty going to Liberty University. Very nice. Um, But it's really just been a lot of him. And they're 0-3 to start district play. Um, They started off uh, with a a heartbreaking loss to Frisco by one. They also lost to Frisco last year to start the district uh, season. But they bounced back right after that and and picked up wins. They haven't picked up a win yet. Uh, And Lone Star is right there with them. That, That Lone Star team, I saw them play against Centennial a few weeks ago before the holidays. And you – it's like you almost don't even recognize most of those guys. You know, Julian Larry's gone um, at the high school in Louisville. Isaiah Lewis graduated. He was arguably their second-best player last year right there next to uh, Julian Larry. Marvin Mims. Uh, was offensive MVP in the district obviously we know all about him on the football field but he's not going to play basketball this year and it's just a lot of young guys a lot of freshmen and sophomores and it's like who is that who is that who is that um, they're most likely not going to make the playoffs their results haven't been haven't been too promising so far so you have the two best teams from last year that won 16 games each they're both winless uh, through the first you know few games of district play and you look, and the only team right now, if the playoffs started today, I know uh, the district just started, but if you're looking at just the early results, you know, the only one team that made the playoffs last year would make the playoffs this year. That's Frisco-Wakeland. <laughs> they look really good. Last year they were the four seed. Cooper Sisko, young player last year, he showed some promise. He's really coming to his own leading scorer uh, for Wakeland. They have a bunch of shooters, a lot of returning guys, um, even though they lost their big man uh, to the high school also. Um, but, yeah, they look like a legit playoff team. Frisco Independence, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and they have just been routing everyone. They're ranked, what, nine in the state is what we saw. Did um, they, they, they got a blue chipper? They're ranked number eight in the state. Not really, but they have some scores. You know, they have a lot of depth. Keith Jones has been leading that team in scoring so far, and they look like that clear favorite. Frisco Memorial, a team that, you know, did make the playoffs last year in their first ever uh, season in, in in Class 5A without any seniors, they're right there in the playoff mix. They've had some really impressive wins this year, uh, but they're without their best player, Isaiah Foster, who, who hurt his knee in, in the very first game of the year. So if they, if they had him, I think they'd be the clear-cut favorite. Uh, but it, it's going to be some variation of Independence, Wakeland, Memorial, and then it's... I don't know. Is Liberty going to surge ahead? I, Is, can they? Can
3: these teams make a run in the playoffs? Define, so much
2: define run <laughs>
0: okay, regionals, regionals. regional
3: tournaments exactly. But <laughs> I, see, I, see I, that with so much parity, it makes it more competitive. But in the big picture, there's not that team
2: that's gonna see. Last year, there was that the Lone Star that, team that that made that run. <laughs> they beat Lancaster in the. Region. I saw them play. They beat they beat North to go to regionals Yeah, that, I was at the that, regional quarterfinals. And that Lone Star team, they got hot at the right time. They were just well balanced. They had. You know, and
3: Mims is not playing this year. No, it? Mims,
2: Julian, Larry, Isaiah, yeah. Barrett, Isaiah <laughs> Lewis, all those guys are not playing. and no. I don't think so. I mean, independence. We'll see what they can do right now they're ranked number 8, but you know, let's see what happens when they play the rest of the district. There's 15 district games left, you know, for those guys, you know, they think a lot of things can happen until then. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if Memorial was fully healthy, I think they could because they're, you know, suited to, you know, pick up big wins against big teams and they've proven that, but you know, without their best player, I, I don't know. I think they're a year away from making a run, so we'll, we'll see.
1: Then we've got a few districts that have some teams that have kind of uh, kind of come out of the blue and really kind of uh, I guess you know broken out. They weren't necessarily on radars at the start of the season, but they've really turned in some impressive results, and now we're starting to get some uh, some recognition for it. <coughs> teams like Mesquite Horn over in eleven six 6A, teams like McKinney North over in 105 uh, a and then of course uh, Newman Smith over in uh, <laughs> over 11. Cu- of course, Newman Smith. Naturally, like yeah. in all sports. So we can kind of quick hit those three. Is kind of an overview for their respective oh. districts. Oh. For McKinney North, I'm curious, Kendrick. So. I mean, again, the, the results have been fine so far, but it does sound like that uh, at least the uh, the math has kind of changed for this McKinney North team. So what is your kind of read on the Bulldogs right now as they uh, look to, I guess, defend that district championship in uh, 10-5A? Uh, they,
3: they're a team that's going to – they're not going to overwhelm you with stats or they're not going to sit there and – they do everything good, but they don't have that. They're missing that big piece. That big piece is a six, seven 230-pound monster named Brandon Fraser, who is the district MVP our area defensive player of the year he, he's a four star recruiting football he's trying to pick between Alabama Auburn and Arkansas it's What SEC school so he's not even playing but insane. they, they <laughs> but, they've made, but they've made adjustments where they're the team that for this day they, they'll be a defensive team yeah. for this day we're going to be offense and they adjust to who they're dealing with the, the Frazier thing well, I would think it would hurt them in district but as far as making a run and we'll, we'll, we'll see it's all about matchups mm-hmm. with them but they're a team that can they're like a chameleon but they're a chameleon team they morph to who they're playing against to do what they have to do to win they have uh, had um uh, Chase uh, and Tosca, yeah, Tosca, whatever was your man's name, I mean, man Todd, and um, Brandon's little brother um, Dylan. Dylan is pretty legit. He's their postman, and he's getting better as they go. He played pretty good, he's the one that hit the three threes on uh, Lone Star last year. And then Coach Kraft, he's crafty. You never know what he do. He'll pull the ball out and make it 21 20. And as long as they got 21, that's all he cares about. So no telling what they're going to do. But that district, I think they'll be all right. I, I expect them to find a way to win district. Yeah. Well, they'll have problems there, as they see a Newman Smith. Like last year, Frazier had a 2015 and three dunk game against Newman Smith, and they won in overtime. So that's when they're going to have problems because Newman Smith, all those kids, except for one, came back. And I don't know that guard name. Jared Cook? Woo! He can play. Yes, he can. But the only thing about him is I don't understand how, 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 how he got you to jump a mid-range game. My man hit four Steph Curry-like threes and missed three layups last year. Mm. But his, but he has range on his shot. He legitimately can go. He put up 28 in uh, regional quarterfinals last year against um, North.
1: And McKinney North already has at least a measure of bragging rights heading into district. They did play Lovejoy at the uh, at their recent holiday tournament, the Colonies, uh, Tommy Thomas Cougar Classic. Um, you know, you want. I always wonder how teams approach games like that like versus a district rival in a game that doesn't have any no, bearing but on you know you'll record. see them again if you're kind of restricting your rotation maybe not pulling out all the stops that you would for an actual district game but nevertheless McKinnon did win that game 49-44 so competitive but nevertheless yes some early bragging rights for, uh, for the Bulldogs before um, they uh, they reconvene with Lovejoy in a few weeks when they get going for real um, Devin a team like Mesquite Horn um, so where do you feel like they kind of factor into the big picture of district 11-6A and was it kind of expected that this could be a kind of a breakout year for the Jaguars?
4: Warren is a really, really hard team to figure out because, I mean, they just they look like world beaters one day and then they sometimes, I hate to use the word pedestrian, but they look pedestrian the next. <laughs> um, but their talent is there. There's yeah. no denying it. They, they have wins over four state-ranked teams uh, on the year already, which has moved them up into the state rankings. Uh, you know, they're 14-8, and eight, so obviously it shows that they're capable of getting beat. Mm-hmm. But based on the teams that they played and even some of their losses, you know, they they had Allen on the ropes before Allen was able to to climb out of that hole and win late. Um, You know, it's... Again, Zakir Sawyer is a you know 6'5 forward, going to uh, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Devin Hancock is a guy that can pour, put 25, 30 points on the board. Uh, Gerald King is a capable scorer. Preston Amund is a, is a four-year varsity guy, does a little bit of everything, good passer, good shooter, mm-hmm. um, obviously experience. So, I mean, they have the skill guys to go out there and um, – and win on any given night. How that factors into 11:6A is kind of tough. A lot of people think Longview is kind of the team to beat. Uh, Longview 16 and five, or just they come, they just won a tournament in East Texas this past week. Um, Again, as we say in all sports, though, it's hard to tell how good Longview and Tyler Lee are because they don't play any common opponents just yet, or not not very many anyway. So, um, you know, Rockwall, Rockwall Heath, they're going to be right there in the mix. Um, Mesquites, who actually had their long playoff streak, uh, uh, ended last year. Um, they're going to be back in the hunt. DeAndre Heat's a good scorer. Xavier has has is off of a strong start. Uh, but I think Horn is right there with Longview as a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think um, from a sheer stout, uh, talent standpoint, I think Horn um, can be the a district championship. And he, again, like I said before, they're a team that no one's going to want to play in the playoffs. And they could be a team that goes two, three rounds, maybe into a regional tournament if they get hot at the right time. Yeah. It's just a matter. Of, and I think that's what they're going to be looking for in district is just develop that consistency, get on the same page, and, and, and you know, look to peak that second half of the 11 6 season.
1: And then there's a team like Newman-Smith, which, you know, when I mentioned to you guys that, yeah, Newman-Smith's ranked top 10 in the state and was met with a collective weight. What? And then, like, okay, who have they played and whatnot? And what? Because, I mean, listen, like, with, you know, Newman-Smith is not necessarily a team like a, just an athletics program period that you associate with being ranked top 10 in the state and, and much. But, um, so nevertheless, though, their boys' basketball program, though, has been traditionally one of the uh, one of the steadier ones in the uh in the metroplex, and they're they're off to the best start of any team that we cover. They entered the yeah. week 13 and 0. I'm
3: not surprised, like I said, they they were a game, they were a Brandon Frazier explosion away from one of the regionals mm-hmm. and four to five starters come back, so. Yeah. I, I was expecting them to be pretty good. Yes. They're
1: led by one of the uh, one of the area's top uh, top overall players. He was an all area selection for us last year. Jaron Cook, who I mentioned that uh, that guard of theirs. He can go.
3: To, he's my CTV <laughs> too. When
1: I say must see, you need to go see that kid play. And they've picked up some pretty encouraging results along the way. I mean, they had an early season win over over an Irving MacArthur team, which that win looks so much better now. They beat Prestonwood. They beat McKinney North, that we just talked about as a potential favorite. And uh,
3: how close was the score that McKinney? They beat them
1: sixty to forty one. So not much of a ball game.
3: <laughs> Crazy. Thing is, Bender Frazier averaged
1: eighteen points, twelve rebounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, oh, yeah. that is the difference. That's crazy. When you're missing arguably the best defensive player in our yeah. coverage area, that's gonna that's gonna matter quite a bit. <laughs> they beat Hebron recently, and then they just obviously ran the table at their uh, at their host tournament um, over the holidays. So they've put together some pretty you know some pretty. I'm not surprised
3: uh, seen them play last Solid
1: year. results over some uh, some capable teams. So keep an eye on Newman Smith as a team that could potentially do some damage going forward, especially in a uh, in 11
3: five a. I don't cover that team. I'm pretty sure just. Remember them at that playoff game? Like we're going to be back. They okay. kind of had that mentality, so I guess they they picked off where they left off to get back in um, home. Yeah, Percy, make some day. Uh,
1: Percy Johnson and those boys do a pretty good job over there. It's been a pretty Pop solid job. program for, uh, for several years. And then we can close this out with a look at a district that um, I think you know. I'm trying to think of how long we've been doing these district predictions columns and whatnot, and we'll have some years, like, okay, I could see, like, two or three teams making a legitimate claim for a district championship, or, like, a year where you got six teams that look like they're good enough to make the playoffs... District 66A boys basketball, I think, might be, this might be the toughest I've ever had as far as being able to predict not just who's going to finish first, but I think you have five teams that are not just viable for four playoff spots. I think you have five teams that are capable of winning the district championship <laughs> in District 66A. And it's 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 interesting because they all bring some unique and tangible to the table that kind of sets them apart from the rest. And I'm curious to see this, you know, kind of what identity is ultimately enough to, to win out. The teams that I think at least, um, again, I'm going to put this together later today, so I'm still kind of racking my brain over how the final order is going to go. I think Capel's got a good shot. I think Hebron does. I think Louisville does. Flower Mound and Irving MacArthur. I think those are your top five teams in the district. I don't know what order they're going to be in, but I think that (laughs) either of those teams could only make the playoffs but win the entire district. Now, there's a chance that looks silly by the end of the year because these teams will be on each other and whatnot, and the records might not necessarily reflect it, but if you just go off of... What they have on paper, with their results so far, and just kind of their, uh, their 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 styles of play, I think that there's a, I mean all. F- all five of those teams have been really, really impressive so far. I mean, we just talked on Monday's podcast about um, about a team like Capel, which just turned in its its best showing, kind of its breakout showing of the season when they finished third in the. Uh,
3: Do they have like a bunch of glue guys? So they don't have like that star player Capel. No, don't they, they don't it. have to rely on
1: any one guy. I mean, said they graduated the uh, the district MVP last season in um you know in Tariq Aman, and he was I mean he was the district MVP for you know for Christ's sake. I mean he's a pretty great player, um, but they've still been able to you know kind of regroup pretty well. You know, Adam Musa was one of the returning starters for them, and he's really picked things up. They've got um, you know, two sophomores that I mentioned on Monday's podcast, Anthony Black, uh, you know, Ryan Agarwal, two guys that can, um, you know, offer offer some very unique length for their positions. And you know, Black is is a kind of a lockdown defensive specialist, whereas Agarwal can just light it up front anywhere on the floor. Got a really really quick release to his jump shot and was really did a good job against Horns. You know, solid defense and really getting to his spots and uh, and letting it fly. Um, but then. Uh, I mean, then they've got guys like, you know, Brandon Taylor, another senior there's who can space the floor. They just, they're one of those teams that they've got a lot of balance. They play very selfless and move the ball and work for high percentage shots.
3: You can't focus on one thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they just, they check a lot of boxes. They're good at just about everything. But, you know, one, yeah, no. That's not kind of how McKinney
3: North is. Mm-hmm. But but I'm one, sure they got more athleticism, though. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. But then you wonder how that's going to line up against a team like uh, like Hebron, who their strong suit this year is uh, they've got a lot of athleticism. But this also is one of the deepest teams that they've ever had, and that was the big thing that stuck out. when I got to see their season opener against Plano West. They just ran. I mean, this is a West team that was obviously you know still finding its way with so many <laughs> new pieces. So is Snow know. playing?
3: What's up, Snow? Who? Snow Darius? Is oh, Darius, so
1: he is not playing this year now. No, so um, yeah, which obviously is a big loss for them, considering what he's meant to that program for several years. No, no, he is a, he is focused on the football field. Um, but yes, they still got their they still got their go to score though the kid that's going to get you fifteen to twenty and Logan McLaughlin, and then a lot of other guys beyond that um, that are really capable contributors. They've kind of unearthed one of the uh, kind of a diamond in the rough as far as like standout players within just the area in general go. And I ga- um, he came off the bench in the game I saw against West, but a big man named Reese Smith who was um, who was injured a lot of last season and didn't get to. Play play much but he's got a really unique skill set he's 6'8 and can just effortlessly knock down three-pointers so to have that kind of size and spacing ability that's a really tough matchup for any defense because you just don't bank on a kid if, with his with his uh physical you no know, it's not going to be a block oh yeah he was really impressive and they've uh their results earlier in the year a little bit better now they've, they've been a little bit more inconsistent leading into district but um but nevertheless they do have the uh you know kind of the depth and pedigree there that's a program that's made the playoffs a bunch over the years and won district titles and they've um you know, there's kind of an expectation there that you contend for a district championship at Hebron, so I'm interested to see what that means. And then with a team like Flower Mound, who I saw against Plano East, I mean they've got some impressive size. They have a, uh, I mean one of the top point guards in the area, and Jeffrey Mills, kind of a jack of all trades guard who's coming to the Air Force. And then they got just some dead eye shooters. I mean guys like Jack Richter, Gavin Green, some kids, and they do a really, I mean it's Flower Mound. Their identity in recent years has been a lot of outside shooting, and that was the thing that stuck out about Plano East just the job that they do getting those shots off. And you can be like, even after like a made basket, you don't expect teams just to immediately get the ball back up the floor so quickly and get a wide open three after a made basket. Flyermont does that as good as any team that I've seen this season. <laughs> guys, like, again, yeah, Jack Richter, Gavin Green, those guys can just let it fly. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of size that can give some teams problems. I think Flyamount's, and they put together some good results as well, that leads you to believe that they're going to be a factor in this equation as well. And then Louisville is like the projected favorite to win the district heading into the season just because Keontae. They have more top-shelf talent than any team in the district. And you mentioned Keontae. Keontae George, one of the top sophomores –
3: that kid can go. In the, CTV.
1: in the state and the country. And then they had uh, K.J. Pruitt, former standout at Little Elm. He was, oh, he's there? hmm Yeah, he played for them. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know about um, that yeah, one.
3: <laughs> wow, they do got top shelf
1: talent. I believe K.J. might have been the defensive player of the year in District 66A last year. He's back. O.C. Gertman. Um, let's see, Kylan Green. They've got a lot of kids that have played some really meaningful minutes on varsity, and, it's, and they, they've played a brutal non-district schedule, so that's why the record might not look that great. But, again, they do have the best player in the district. So that so, alone is good so, really
3: so for that's, that's a pickup district.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: and then I was all ready to leave a school like Irving MacArthur off the map, and then they go off and they finish second in the Colonies tournament, and they've really picked up some, and had some uh, some really encouraging results. So i don't know that's uh i mean any game between those five schools is going to be must-see tv just because of again they've all pieced together really strong results and i think that either of them first first time i can recall a district where i thought five teams could have a legit shot at finishing first so so get real tomorrow yeah yeah it's crazy to think though that one of those teams then isn't even going to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. when all said and done it's just that kind of district so uh yes be a 668 boys basketball it's uh it's going to be a fun one um Let's see. That is all I had. I think we've, uh, we've done a good job of kind of quick hitting our respective districts and as far as kind of laying the groundwork as to what to expect in the, uh, in the months to come. So, uh, yeah, that'll, uh, that'll just about do it for this episode of the podcast. Um, we'll be back on Monday to talk uh, some more basketball. I'm not entirely sure what. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens on Friday when these things get going for real, folks. Um, hey, appreciate y'all for checking out this episode. Guys, appreciate y'all for tagging along, folks. You Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community?